This is another episode of Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. This is Kelsey. We have got a story for you that's going to turn the stomach. All right, welcome back to Main Corpse. I am your host, Matt. And I'm Kelsey. And I am trying to act like I'm not really tired right now, but I am super tired right now. Um, we're going to get through this, though. We definitely we're, are. We're going to do... I think whatever you have for me is going to wake me up because you've been kind of prepping me for this for like a week <laughs> and a half now. Because I can't stop talking about it. I had to call my mom while I was doing research this week. So mad that I couldn't continue doing research until I like talked her ear off for 20 minutes. So I can't wait until you get on your soapbox today because it's, you're going to. Okay. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> Speaking of getting on my soapbox, before we try our delicious food that we have planned, I'll let you explain who it is. Um, it's it's local to you, so I think you, you deserve that one. Okay, uh, you awesome. You can have that one. So, um, we got pizza from The Pizza Place, located at the Meadowbrook Mall here in the Clarksburg, Bridgeport, Meadowbrook area, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and they are the the first pizza I ever remember having. I, like, I don't remember a time in my life where my favorite pizza wasn't what my mom always called mall pizza because it's the only place you could find it. What's funny about this is I, this was not my first pizza. This was my first pizza that was not a chain after I moved to this area. Okay. Because when we moved up here, I was about 11 or 12. And obviously, when you're an 11 or 12-year-old kid, you want to go to the mall all the time. Right. And I remember having the pizza and just loving it. Yeah. And we've never thought about doing this place before. I. It's because it's so ingrained mm-hmm. as a place that exists. I don't even think about it. Um, Millie just had her first slice of mall pizza this week. That's what made me want it. (laughs) So she sent me a picture of Millie just tearing up a piece of the mall pizza. And this morning we're talking about like all the places we've been wanting to try. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go get the the pizza from the mall. I had to, I had to look it up and just confirm that they weren't a chain. And as far as I can tell, they're not. Um, they're just so ingrained in my nostalgia and my history that, they just existed, and I didn't think about adding them. Even if they are, I'm kind of fine with it. This is really good yeah, stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, this because, is really good. So almost nowhere in the area does cup and char pepperoni. And if mm-hmm. you guys don't know what I mean by that, it's the pepperoni that when you bake it, it kind of comes up because it's still got a skin on it. And it turns into a little cup filled with grease. Mm-hmm. And it's charred all around the outside. And it's just... It's such an experience. It's a cup of magic. Oh, it's, it's so, so good. good. It really is. And the best part about it is when they reheat it in their oven and then they yeah. hand it to you hot. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So we got two two different kinds. We got just the old school, the way it should be, the cup and char pepperoni. And then we got one I've never tried from them, which is the veggie pizza. Have you had it? No. I literally, I said, hey, what toppings do you have? And they started listing them. And I said, can you just throw it together like a veggie pizza for me? Mm-hmm. Put all of it on there. Yeah. Okay. So which one do you want to start with? Let's start with the veggie pizza because I don't know what it's going to taste we like. We know that we're going to like the pepperoni one. So let's try the veggie one first. I agree. Because you guys can't see it, it's a really nice thin crust pizza. Would you call it a New York style? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know what this cheese is, but this is the cheese that's really popular in, like, the pizza rias in, like, cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like a... 
I guess it's like a super low moisture mozzarella or something like that. It's a blend. And it oh, is, okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a, provolone mozzarella, something I like that? I think so. And it's it's so good. It's a specific brand, and I wish I could remember the name of it from my days as a food-selling type it's human, good. but it's so good. It's so It's like what you expect pizza cheese to taste like. Mm-hmm. And they have a really nice, I don't want to say mild, but it's not too acidic mm-hmm. marinara. And this is just what I want a pizza to taste like. I'm normally not friendly to veggie pizzas. That's actually really good. It's actually very good. I love veggie pizzas. It's the, it's the, so it's really weird. I love green bell pepper on a lot of stuff and in a lot of stuff. I don't like it on pizza normally. In in this case, they got it really, it's super thin. Yeah. It's like paper thin pizza. Like they ran it on a mandolin. Yeah, it's really thin and it's really good that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe it's like. The thick crunch when it doesn't quite get done that I don't like on some pizzas. In this case, they know I can it. see where that as a texture would be an issue. Yep, absolutely. So now let's get to the one that we're going to lie and try to say, let's try this for the first time. Let's, let's give this, this a shot. Let's try this for the first time. Yeah. I haven't been eating it since I was like no, five. No, me either. Okay. So this pizza, still thin crust, still this amazing cheese, really great marinara, cup and char pepperoni. But the pepperoni does something to the cheese. That almost makes it like candy on top. Mm-hmm. It's such a good. Mm. So the pepperoni itself has has a really unique flavor that I just I I there are some cup and char places like in Morgantown that I absolutely love to go to, and the pepperoni from here just tastes better. Uh, it's just a really really good soup. It's very salty, which I love. Um, I like the spice. Very spicy, and it just kind of hits you right in the um, in the back of the throat, and it, it just kind of lingers there, and it just it's it's like the best pepperoni kiss that's ever existed. It's so good, it is, and honestly, the pepperoni is so much better than the veggie, and the mm-hmm. veggie was really good. I'm the veggie norm- is good. I'm normally a veggie pizza person. Mm-hmm. I am, but oh my gosh, yeah, it's the so the crust, like you said, it is so chewy. It is mm-hmm. just so, it's so chewy. It's got some crunch to it sometimes. The the cheese is just like, is just the, it's just there to complement the pepperoni and the sauce. It all works really well together. And yeah, texturally, flavor-wise, I love it. They, it's, I mean, if you yeah. think about it, it's the only restaurant in that food court that mm-hmm. has been there since the beginning of that's time. That's made it, yeah. And has never changed it's it's stayed yeah. it's been in the same spot i would say that one and so the uh the, the chinese place are the two that i remember the most those two mm-hmm. have never changed and i love them for it like mm, stay everything that else way. has changed like if you want to know what like because we like i think we can safely say that we were raised by like the mall generation oh, like 100%. we were always at the mall so if you ever if, if you youngins out there all right now that i'm an old man if you youngins out there uh want to know what it was like for us when we went to the mall those two places the chinese place and the pizza what's what's it actually called the pizza place. The pizza place in the, That's in literally the what it's called. Mall in in Bridgeport, West Virginia. Those are the two that you need to go try, and you will get that experience of what life was like for us. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like. It's so sad because the mall, that's one of the only malls, like, still half alive, mm-hmm. and it's slowly dying. We walked through it the other day, and there's, like, four or five stores know, gone. Like, 
And it used to be the one around here that was holding on the, the tightest. And it's starting to lose some footing. So I, I honestly do see, like, 30 years from now, um, we walk in there, and it's all empty, and we're walking, and then we smell something. And, and it's still going to be the pizza place. And the pizza place is still there with a line. You know, it's like. And it's, there's always a line. I called at 11 mm-hmm. o'clock today to order yeah. this pizza, and they were like. I just, if you can just hold on for just a second, we've got customers at the counter. And of course, yeah, absolutely. It's I'll no wait. big deal. I'll wait. We got there to pick <laughs> it up and we had to wait behind like six people to pick up a pizza that was already made. Mm-hmm. It was impressive. Uh, and they're, they're little square ones. Have you had those before? The It's pretty um, good. Maybe yeah. once, but I, I, I prefer thin crust pizza myself. Me too. I, li- I like both. It depends on where I'm going, but normally I go with the thin crust. Uh, Brittany, she likes their stuffed pizza. She I've never been it. brave enough to try their stuffed pizza. She gets it every time we go there. If we go there, that's what she gets. That was her thing as a child. That's her thing now. Um, her mom is a breadaholic like me, mm. where we love bread. So when something has like extra bread, they'll take it every single time. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Go the pizza place. Uh, very, I mean, it's so good. It, it truly you. is. Yeah. I and I'm, you know what? I'm gonna say it. This is probably the best thing we've ever had on here, Matt. I'm not gonna say that because I get made fun of every time I do. I'm so, gonna say it. Well, yeah, you can have this one, and I will nod my head. It's the nostalgia points for mm-hmm. me. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is the first. This is definitely the first cup and char pepperoni I ever had. Pepperoni pizza, and for that, it always, always has a special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Even if there are other pizza places where I try and I'm like, oh, I think this might be better. Every time I go back here, I'm like, no, this is always the best, just because it's what I know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is my childhood in a pizza. Yep. And we will share some pictures of this. I highly recommend you get to this area. Go try this pizza. It's okay. really good. And one more thing, because I'm pretty sure no one did anything on our Facebook page like they did for me. But if we could just all wish Matt a happy birthday. Oh, I appreciate it. He had a birthday this week. I did. I did. I am old now. And I don't like yeah. it. There's a reason it wasn't called out on our Facebook page. It's gross. All right. All right, are we ready to get into main corpse I, today? I don't know if I am or not, because you already told me I'm going to get on a soapbox, so let me kind of oh, get ready here. Okay, go I'm ahead. I'm going to say stretch out, get ready to get mm-hmm. on top of that soapbox. Get box. ready to get mad. This one's local. You always do the local stuff. I'm doing something local today, and we did this one because I asked my mom to start sending me stuff, and she... It's almost like she just had stuff ready for me. Mm -hmm. She sent me a list, and this was the first one that caught my eye. Okay. Let's talk about James Childers. Do you know who that is? I know the name. Okay. I don't know where from. Um, I've definitely heard it before. I can tell you it's from Clarksburg. Okay. All right. But I I don't... Yeah, I can't place um, a story to the name, so let's let's do this. All right. You're going to recognize it soon. James Childers grew up on a 96-acre farm in Copen, West Virginia. After leaving school, he moved to Clarksburg, where friends and acquaintances described him as a friendly man who helped neighbors with chores and was often strolling around the city. On occasion, he got into, um, on one occasion, sorry, he got into a car accident. The responding officer, Officer Matheny, found that James didn't have his car insurance on him. And for those of you who aren't local to West Virginia, it's illegal to drive without proof of insurance. But he felt like James seemed like a really nice dude and told him, you know what, listen, if you can bring me proof of your insurance 
before I start my shift tomorrow at four, then I won't cite you for it and we'll add it to the um, incident report. So that's what he did. He arrived right at the beginning of Matheny's shift, showed his proof of insurance, and he didn't get cited. Matheny would then see James just in town, waved to him, moved on. He said he seemed like a really nice guy and gave the impression that he was just, for the most part, unassuming. Um, James took up many odd jobs, mostly in construction or as a handyman. One of the men he worked for was a landlord named Cecil Ralph Hill. So, super quick. Yes. Um, I will jump in and I'll say, I understand, I now know where this story is going, and I'll go ahead and get on my soapbox right now for just a second. I was fined 60 bucks for not having my proof of insurance <laughs> one time, and that's BS, all right? And I want the Grafton City Police to explain this to me, that uh, that this that this dude got away with it when I couldn't, because I tried to do the same thing, I was like, listen, I, I don't have it on me, this was before like the days of having it on the app, when they had to send it to you. Yeah. And it was at my dad's house uh, because I was still on his insurance. And I went and got it that day and tried to take it down there to get away with it. And they still gave me the ticket. <laughs> All right. So I understand now. And uh, great episode. Great All episode. right. Yeah. That, that guy one time got away with that one thing. And that's the truest of crimes. All right. So in the 90s, um, James began showing signs of depression, began abusing both alcohol and drugs, and he, at some point, did undergo treatment for it. But, I mean, as one is one to do, he still did mm-hmm. alcohol and drugs and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so we're going to fast forward a little bit uh, to the years of 2004 through 2009. Clarksburg is suddenly experiencing a boom in problems with prostitution, drugs, arson, and murder. About what year was this? Between 2004 and 2009. I I completely, I remember those times. I had a friend who lived not too far out of, like, We still have that proper. rep. Yeah. We still have that reputation, and it's not nearly as bad as what it, it was, once was. It was rough. Uh, my friend who lived right on the other side of town, uh, just, I mean, right out, literally as you're leaving downtown, uh, we used to see all sorts of crazy stuff in his little residential neighborhood. So, yeah. I was talking about this specific case this week at work, and um, one of the people I work with was like, oh, yeah, that guy you're talking about totally lived in the same building as my father-in-law. And uh, my father-in-law is not going to tell the police anything because he thinks he might be considered um, an accomplice. <laughs> I was like, all right, bet. That's exciting. What a life your father-in-law must live. Wow. Yeah. Can we, can we already, anonymously do this? Um, I asked. Um, just to and, be safe? Yeah. Yeah. I asked, okay. and he said he would not be interested in coming on the show. And I said, you know what? That's probably fair. Um, so anyway, moving on, um, Matheny ran into Childers again during a knock and talk. He and Detective Mendez came and talked to Childers about harassing phone calls that he had been making and had been reported for. And he seemed to take it as well as one would, and they went ahead and left. So it was during a string of arsons that Matheny runs into Childers again. One of the most memorable cases, he said, is the case of Jim Childers. Mid-June 2009, a package is sent to the Harrison County Police Department. It goes to 
Officer Matheny's desk. I believe at this time he was Sergeant Matheny. Okay. Um, but don't quote me on that because I might be wrong. It contains a 90-minute audio recording and several handwritten letters. He starts reading the first couple of lines, and it goes something like, My name is James E. Childers. I burned down all those houses on Northcott. As soon as he sees that, he goes, You know what? Not my circus. Not my monkey. And sent it to Detective Mike Walsh, who at the time was the um, investigator for the arsons, and he just handed over the letter to him. It wasn't five minutes. Um, Detective Walsh comes back to his office and brought another significantly more seasoned detective, um, Dave Waggle, who asked Officer Matheny if he'd read the full letter, which he said, no, I read the first couple lines. It was, you know, 21 pages. Mm -hmm. So seemed like it was more for you. Um, the letter went on to confess that James had murdered at least two women, one of which was part of an ongoing missing persons investigation. Her name was Carrie Lynn Baker. 26-year-old Carrie Lynn went missing in 2008, and the police were still trying to find leads as to what happened to her. In the letter, in the transcript of the, um, of the actual audio tape, James says, We had her in a garbage bag, tied up with a white rope with her hands and her feet and a rope tied around her. Um, the top of the bag, we threw her over the hill, just barely, though. I mean, it's just over the hill then just enough where you couldn't see it. The other missing person was Carolyn Sourwine, who was an on-again, off-again girlfriend of Childers and at the time was also missing. The audio tape says that 25 Jimenez, which I assume you know what that is. It's a gun, I think. Okay. Um, that I had, I used that to kill Carolyn Sourwine with on Labor Day up there at our farm. You'll find her. She's on the logging road, on our land, up the hill, and as soon as you get to where it starts to go on steep up the hill, to the left, in a shallow grave, which if you have cadaver dogs, there will be no trouble finding her. She'll be there. She had on gold and silver watch what, and whatsoever, but she won't have her glasses on. I left her clothes on her. And he goes on to justify his actions, saying... That Carolyn Sourwine, she didn't ruin me. She ruined me. I'll put it like this. I felt like, yeah, she ruined me, and I'm going to kill her. And it's just a matter of time. I'm going to kill that bitch. When she's dead, it'll be me. He done it. You want to know why? She ruined my life. The devil's in her life. He goes on to justify his actions with another of the women that he murdered, saying, if she wouldn't have been a fucking prostitute downtown, which is the wrong thing to do any damn way because it ruins family, brings herpes home to the family, it's just a nasty deal all the way around. She shouldn't have been doing that anyway. James didn't feel like he felt, he didn't feel like he belonged in this world. He felt, in his own words, like a misfit. And he said that he felt that Carolyn didn't fit in either. And that's why, that's why he shot her. And the first time he shot her, she said, James. And he says, I think it was like saying, James, thank you. Then I shot her again and she was dead. Going on to say in his audio tapes that there's more crimes, but I'm not going to tell y'all about them. But I will tell you four that I did. I've been killing these women for quite a while now. Okay, so... 
first of all, my, my question, and I, I totally understand. Like, I actually get the, the first officer who got the letter and read the opening part of the letter where it said, mm -hmm. I burned down the houses. And he said, okay, well, this is arson, so this goes to someone else. Mm -hmm. But he didn't read the rest of it right away. I mean, that that's when someone, like, to me, when someone says I'm burning down houses and I've been burning down houses, like, that immediately would pique my interest to the point where I would need to keep reading. And I can't imagine, like, especially in a small town like this, thinking... Oh, okay, well, that's this is just Tuesday. This guy's burning all these houses down, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move this on over to someone else. So in this letter, he could, he okay, all right, you can continue. I just I'm kind of flabbergasted by that, but I kind at the same time I kind of get it. Okay, and I apologize. A whole lot of this research is just parts of the transcripts because yeah. I don't feel like I can tell this man's story better than he can tell his story. I, I mean, yeah, okay. <sighs> In the tapes, he taunts the police, calling out several by name, mocking their intelligence, and at some point, he even um, threatened the lives of a couple of different officers, um, saying that he could have um, he could have killed them, talking about meeting up with them, talking to them, and how he had his gun, and he could have ended them right there. No one would have been any wiser that it was him. Matheny didn't go on to give their names, which is probably, I assume, for their safety. Mm -hmm. um, but he said he wasn't included in it. Um, <clears throat> he says, I'm going to mention it. Don't worry about Mendez. He don't seem too bright. I mean, if he might be bright, I don't know. He doesn't seem like he's too swift. I'm going to send this to Mendez. I mean, Timothy Matheny. Because don't ask me why, but I always liked Timothy Matheny. He, I got in a wreck with my dad's car one time, and man, he treated me nice, and I always did like him. I don't know why. I ain't gay. I've had a lot of girlfriends. <laughs> I know. I Just some fellers you meet, you just like, and I liked him. And I'm going to make sure he gets this letter, and he's the smartest one, I think, probably out of the bunch. <laughs> I know. I included that just because it it's more telling, I think, <laughs> yeah, about him it is. It to is. feel the need to be like, I ain't gay, but Yeah, it, it it's uh yeah, that's really telling. That that just this guy this guy comes across as just being he's a sociopath, it sounds like, uh to me. Very narcissistic. Uh like very, very narcissistic. Like I'm I'm smarter, I'm more intelligent, I'm mm -hmm. I'm better than you, so your life is not as important as mine is. And that's, you know, yeah. that's why he would feel perfectly okay with murdering someone he said is a prostitute or burning down houses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Well, he'd taken a shining to Matheny and wanted him to handle this investigation specifically. Um, on the tape, he includes the names of potential victims who he did plan on killing for one reason or another. And he also admits to trying to pay an acquaintance to provide him the whereabouts of his ex-girlfriend. Wow. Yeah. Which thankfully didn't work, but mm -hmm. he did go on to say, if I find out where she lives, she's on the list. Um, in his tapes, he also claims to have had two accomplices in his arsons, but police say that they investigated those people thoroughly and that they're not suspects. Matheny goes on to say that having an accomplice is inconsistent for a serial killer anyway, which... <sighs> he calls himself a serial killer. No. Okay. Um, 
This is, he doesn't call himself a serial killer, but the mm-hmm. FBI, okay. when they finally do get involved, decide that he is based on wow. all the information they have. Okay. Yeah. Boy, uh, Clarksburg and serial killers. For such a small town, we've got a few. Yeah. That's impressive. Um, because Childers killed more than two people, both male and female, at different times and places with different motives, he also committed other crimes, such as the series of arsons and taunted and challenged the police. That's why the FBI thought he, well, didn't think. Fits the profile. They, they said yeah. he fits the profile to be a serial killer. Um, Schaefer, um, one of the other officers working this case, said the accomplice accusations may have been um, nothing more than an angry man taking one last shot at people that he felt had wronged him, which may or may not be true. And I'm no expert by any means, but I'm pretty sure there are serial killers with accomplices, and I think ruling Mm -hmm. out accomplices because it doesn't fit a serial killer, maybe is silly. There have definitely... I'm trying to think who off the top of my head... But um, there have definitely been serial killer couples, or at least people who committed mass murder who were together. Um, I guess that I guess that might be two different things. But yeah, I, I think that is I think that's a bad idea to discount the idea of, of a serial killer not acting alone. That's yeah, okay. So the sheriff gets involved, and within an hour of him getting involved and. You know, listening to the tapes and Mm -hmm. actually reading. They'd found Carolyn's body. They got all of the detectives involved and began working the case immediately. And they felt at this point they had enough probable cause to obtain an arrest warrant on Childers for the murder. And arson fires both because they have a confession. They have a body um, exactly where he said it was. Mm -hmm. Um, But during the manhunt for this man... He um, stopped by his own home, which apparently they didn't decide to look in for some reason, um, and cut the tree branches that his neighbor had complained were hanging over his fence. So there's a manhunt going on for him, and he's out in his yard pruning his tree? Correct. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. Um, The police manhunt (laughs) led them to Townhouse (laughs) East, where they found... Uh, the vehicle of one of Childers' victims. They approached the motel room that they found out he was staying in, and of course they knocked, as one does. Um, But after hearing nothing and then a gunshot, they decided forced entry was maybe the way to go. Um, They found that he had taken his own life with a single gunshot wound to the back of his head, which they said the back of his head, and I immediately started questioning it. Mm -hmm. But I'd like to see, like, the autopsy report or just the general medical examiner's workup because I don't care who you are. You can't gunshot yourself to the back of the head. I mean, it would would be kind of difficult. Uh, I guess if you... If you're going to blow your brains out, you're going to be yeah, simple about it. Yeah, you're going to go from the front. You're Yeah, that that's odd. I said that in the most callous way I possibly could yeah, have, I realized. It's, but... Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> um, I mean, this is, like, there's so much about this that doesn't make any sense. Why... I'm like... wondering if someone misspoke here, or if they literally gunshot wound to the back of the head. Sounds like execution style mm-hmm. in that specific description. And they were just like, 
Good enough. So my so my thing with it is, I don't. It's so it's so like can I so lay lay this out really quick just just okay. just follow me here on okay. this. So you have committed crimes, very serious crimes. Let's say you committed a murder. Okay, let's say you've done that, and let's say that you decide that you want to come clean about it. Okay. First of all, they keep saying that he taunted the police. He mm-hmm. sent basically one letter and a tape and admitted to everything and knew he would get caught. And it sounds like during the manhunt, he didn't even bother trying to run. So that's not really even a manhunt. He was just kind of there. He was just there. Waiting for him. Like, to me, taunting the police is what the letters from Jack the Ripper did. Taunting the police are what the The letters from the Zodiac did, right? That, That, to me, is taunting the police. Sending stuff to the local paper, doing things like that. He just sent a confession. Yeah, he taunted them in his confession, but in, he just sent a in confession. In his confession, he basically did tell them that you guys are taking way too long to find me. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, like I'm. 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 T- I, I figured you guys would be here already since the nineties. So you do this, okay? You commit this crime, okay? Correct. You've killed somebody every all right? other Sunday, and Correct. you decide that you want to essentially turn yourself in. You're going to send mm-hmm. something and say, "Listen, I'm done. Here you go." Here's what I did. Are you then going to be like, now I'm going to I'm going to do this, but before I do, I'm going to do the responsible thing and go trim the tree that's bothering the neighbor. He's a nice guy. Um, you go trim the tree, then go back to your hotel where you know you're going to get caught and then shoot yourself in the back of the head? There is so much about that that doesn't make any sense at all. That doesn't make any sense at all. I'm, I'm not I'm not saying they're wrong. I mean, you could you could shoot yourself in the back of the head, but I agree with you. It with doesn't, a twenty-two revolver? It aren't they pretty long? So, it depends on the twenty-two. They do make some really short ones. Okay. Um, but if it's a revolver, no. it would. I think it would have to be at the barrel. Would, it this would have to be pretty long. The longer barrel, right? Yeah, because most small twenty-twos I've seen... I just my back trying to yeah, twist our little, back for that. Our little, like, snub-nosed pistols. Mm-hmm. And also... And I hate to be callous about this, so I apologize because I have had a friend who did commit suicide and use a twenty-two. But I'm I'm going to say this in the nicest way possible: a twenty-two makes no sense to kill yourself with because it all a twenty a twenty-two the is same going reason to, it didn't make sense for the Zodiac. It's it's going to give you it's going to put you in more pain than it is anything else because it's it's not a high caliber enough weapon to be that effective as a killing machine. It can kill, but as a killing tool, it's not the most effective. So there's several things about that that just sound odd to me. So, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're totally fine because you aren't even at the part where I hit my soapbox. Mm, I can't wait for it. So, on the day of his suicide, several of his neighbors described him as friendly and outgoing and quick to help people. Um, But in their investigations... They, that's when they discovered that Childers was considering three, killing three different law enforcement officers. In his notes, he described the gun that he carried and the specific incidents where he could have killed specific police officers and a sheriff's deputy when he came into contact with them. It was less of a threat and more of a boast just him showing probably that he was smarter than the police, which... I can't argue with right now. 
Not from what I'm hearing. Um, I mean, um, I don't... Yeah. Man. Yeah, so the next day, police cadaver dogs were dispatched to the farm to look for more bodies. According to the tape, there were at least three other people because he told them he was only going to tell them about five of his crimes, regardless, even though there were more. No other remains were found on the farm. And 15 months after the suicide, investigators remained stymied, um, uncertain whether his claim to have murdered three prostitutes was fact or fiction. Prosecutor Joe Schaefer said, when you work in law enforcement, you can walk into your office, have a clear desk, but cases like this are always going to be sitting right in front of you. There's not a week that's gone by that we haven't talked about this case. And at a certain point, you want to quit waiting on somebody to come forward, so you throw a line out there to see what you can catch. Childers never named the three women that he allegedly killed, and the prostitutes in the area were known by police at the time. Probably still are. Um, None of the missing persons cases ever um, have been linked to Childers. It is uncertain, however, that the women that he alleged to have killed... um, actually were prostitutes it's just an assumption just what he part. said yeah and he he said it too right he said about at least one of them um yes okay. at least one of them i believe that might have been carrie lynn but i'd mm-hmm. have to go back and read my yeah notes. it was one of the two that you mentioned yeah um, i'm pretty sure that it wasn't his no. on and on again off again girlfriend um authorities have repeatedly searched the 96 acre farm unable to find any more bodies um Childers claimed to have buried them really deep and several yards apart. The area is incredibly remote and wooded because it's West Virginia. Mm -hmm. It's Braxton County, actually, so of course it is. Yeah. Um, Originally, um, Sergeant Michael Bayless, he, at the time, was the public information officer for the West Virginia State Police, um, said that troopers would search the family farm again in late fall, early winter, when the underbrush finally died off. Um, however, that didn't happen, and Sergeant J.W. Bonazzo of the Sutton Detachment of the State Police was in charge of it at this point and said it would likely be the early spring, stating that he couldn't provide an exact date because it depended on snow and manpower, um, and as it stood, the deep snow prevented a thorough search. Um, when the journalist asked why the search hadn't been done before the snow, um, Bonazzo, which I'm sure I'm saying your name wrong and I apologize, um, said that he was attempting to get all of his information together about the case in order to conduct a more organized search, stating that officials are also trying to get a ground penetrating radar for the search of the property and saying, we're going to treat this investigation like there are more bodies out there until we find out one way or another. This is my personal soapbox moment. Mm-hmm. Where they didn't search in the fall or winter. It's now over a year later. And they're still not searching. And this is this is in 2010 when they're still not searching. Wow. It, we're in 2022 and there's no update on this case. No update at all. No one. Nothing that I've found. Nothing that I've found. But because it is such a local crime, um, it's surprisingly difficult to find information. Um, We honestly, we should just reach out to law enforcement and ask. We could. Has anyone followed up on this? Because that's that's insane. I mean, you're telling me there could be there could be additional bodies. 
buried on his farm, and we well, have it's a family no farm. clue. And I don't know that the family is allowing people back on the property. Um, so a lot of my information did come from what was meant to be a three-part documentary, mm-hmm. um, and only the first part was posted, mm-hmm. and that was over a year ago. So I don't, I don't know, but I do know that they were unable to go shoot any video footage on the farm because the family refused them, and police refused to help them do that, which, of course, they would. Why would they do that? It'd be silly for a documentary. Yeah. Like, but anyway, I've got just a little bit more information. That's nuts, though. I mean, that's yeah. wild that we're, like, oh, I, I, hate to, I hate to say it like this, but if Get they... Get on your soapbox. What, what if they found out there was a congressman who had gone missing and was buried on that farm? they dig up the whole goddamn farm to try to find their body. But because it's some Possibly maybe prostitutes. prostitutes from Clarksburg, West Virginia, mm-hmm. they're like, okay, let's not worry about it. Like, uh, like it just it feels like one of those things where well, their family hasn't complained. Nobody's reported them missing, so they who don't cares? have a family. So who um, cares? Yeah. They, so all you're doing is proving that stupid thing I've heard before. Like, yeah, have you ever had the friend who's like, if I were going to be a serial killer, I would kill drifters and prostitutes because no one will miss them. And I'm always like, you're gross for saying that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's stupid. But statistically accurate, they're correct, and that pisses me off. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, I'll shut up. Oh, your soapbox isn't over, my dude. All right, so the local police, like we talked about, did call in the FBI Criminal Behavior Unit, and I'm so excited about this. So I don't know it's obvious, but I love crime shows, and Criminal Minds was always my favorite. Okay. Um, Incredibly nostalgic for me. And I swear to God, if Matthew Gray Goobler, like, walked in here, I would leave Michael immediately. (laughs) I would leave my husband. That said. His... his (laughs) His name cracks me up every time I hear it. I know. And I don't even care. He's so weird. Okay. (laughs) Let's get off the topic of what I'm talking about right now. Okay. And talk about the fact that Matthew Gray Goobler, in his fireplace, there's a place where he can, where he has a brick that he can remove. Mm -hmm. And he collects the teeth of his friends. Like, if his friends have dental work and a tooth removed, he asks to have it. And he just sticks it inside this little hole in his fireplace. And it's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. And he might be a serial killer, too. Um, like FBI profilers, please reach out to Matthew Gray Goobler. Is that his name? Yeah. Here's the thing. Him. It's in a documentary. He also what? collects kimonos. Well, the kimonos are fine. That's just, that's not to me. That's not serial killer behavior. It unless might he's be. unless he's wearing them while he's petting a dog, talking to someone who's in a pit. <laughs> but uh, the. The tooth thing has got me concerned. It's weird, right? And I'd still leave Michael right now if he walked in. Okay. I would. I would not leave Michael for him, but... uh... You're better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Michael knows. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'm sure sure he's okay with it. Uh, Now, Joe Montaigne, he comes walking through that door. I actually know someone who met him on a plane once. Smoke show. Oh, my God. Nicest dude on earth, too. Yeah. Joe Montaigne, I'm coming for you. All right. I just pointed at the... I just did two finger guns, and it was amazing. Um, okay, sorry. Go ahead. All right. We needed that. We needed a, to lighten the mood here. Yeah, because that pissed me off. I didn't mean to. All right. So, the criminal behavior unit was 
asked to do a profile so that they could have an idea of what they were actually dealing with um, because they didn't have anyone they could interview since he'd yeah. committed suicide, yeah. probably, in air quotes. Um, or maybe the person that he committed the crimes with killed him. No, because serial killers don't have accomplices, uh, Matt. Ah, yes. Um, <laughs> I'm going to quote from the audio tape again. You can analyze and think all you want and get some of the greatest minds in the world, which I know you're not, because I'm just a small-town killer. But don't judge me, because you don't know my life. I don't want to get caught by the police. I don't want to sit around in an interrogation room and you fucking guys talk your shit to me and you na 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 you know. <laughs> he, it was much longer when he said it. He was he's he had a very drawn mm -hmm. southern West Virginia way about him, and I speak way too fast for that. So, um, he goes on to say, "You can't judge me. You might think I'm a bad person, and you might be right, but you can't judge how I became the way I am. When I killed that Carrie Lynn Baker a long time ago, which at this point, when he was doing this recording, it was literally like a year." Mm -hmm. Let's be clear about that. Um, I got away with that, no problem. Could have gotten away with Carolyn Sour Wine, too. But listen, I have to be stopped. And I can't keep on killing like this. I get these urges. When I killed Carolyn Baker, I felt like crying and I felt downtrodden. I felt like, you know what? That went away. <laughs> and I wanted to kill again. This is... um. This is where the FBI labeled Childers as a serial killer based on characteristics that they gleaned from reviewing these audio tapes in the notes he sent. They also described him as egotistical. FBI investigations reveal that the um, cause of death of Cecil um, Hill was foul play. The day before his death, Mr. Hill had redone his will leaving everything to James Childers, his handyman. Mm. And the last person to see him alive was James. So it sounds like James killed at least three people. At least. That's, yes. He had some contact with the authorities um, after having, air quotes, found Mr. Hill. Hill was found dead in his residence but the incident didn't get investigated as a homicide. It was actually originally ruled as unattended death. The Clarksburg police provided information pertaining to the investigation of the children's murders, as well as some other unattended deaths in the area to the FBI's Behavioral Science Unit. And after reviewing the information, the FBI named Childers as the prime suspect in Hill's death. There's a whole rampage rant on this documentary. I, I call it a rampage rant, but it is just minutes of Officer Matheny talking about how hindsight is 2020. Mm -hmm. But let me let me tell you this again. The day before he died, Mr. Hill changed his will to leave the sole beneficiary. His to his handyman. His handyman's the sole beneficiary, and that is the man who found him dead. And, and we didn't look into it. And he was so charming when he talked to the police that they were just like, unattended death. Stamp that as something we don't have to investigate. Move along. Even though even the medical examiner felt that his death was odd. 
But didn't do anything about it. Nobody did anything about it. Because the police didn't want to investigate it. Great. Excellent. It's ridiculous. Yeah. They did say that the case was significantly more difficult to investigate now because it had been six years before the FBI, like six years before Mr. Hill was murdered, before the FBI ruled it as prime suspect. Wow. And the officer on the case said that he expected the case to remain open unless someone came forward with more information about the manner of death. What do you mean? I don't, you know what? I don't want to make enemies with the local authorities, but what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Manner of death. Did did no one take notes? They just looked at it, went, nope, stamped it, and buried it? And him? then just moved on. Yeah, that's exactly what, what it sounds like happened. Like, yeah. no one looked at it? Mm. I had a relative pass away recently, mm-hmm. and he had to be sent away for an autopsy because they thought maybe it could have been foul play, even though everything pointed to it being a heart, his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they they checked anyway. I mean, that's it's it's good that they did. No, I know one hundred percent. I like totally agree with that. But what? Man, yeah, that's so. I I guess he just had a lot of. He just had. I guess. He just played it nice with the local police, and they just... He they rolled just really high on charisma. He must have been a he bard. He must have been, yeah. Like, um, so people from all across the country, once this actually made the news, um, began calling the Harrison County Sheriff's Department regarding missing cases, and the local authorities say that they've looked into as many as possible, trying to connect Childers to one of them, mm-hmm. but haven't come up with any connections to anyone specific, um, except... An accused prostitute named Kenneth from the Clarksburg, West Virginia area, um, he was found murdered. A rape kit was performed on him, but then it was later lost. Okay. No DNA was taken from Jim Childers prior to his cremation. Wait, what? You heard me. They got no DNA evidence from someone who admitted to murdering people? In 2009. This isn't even like the 80s. You're talking... A decade ago at this point. Just a hair over a decade ago. And they didn't think to get any evidence? And they didn't gather any physical... Okay. We... So, I've listened to several cases where in the 70s, DNA was connected. Like, sorry, collected. In case. With the thought that this will maybe someday be able to be tested in a way that we can utilize it. And it's solved cases. Yeah, it has. Several times. And they collected zero DNA from a body right in front of them and let it be cremated. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, once Kenneth had been identified, the Harrison County PD um, looked back at the records and found um, more cases that they felt they could link James to, like Kenny Wiseman. Um, The scene... Of Kenny Wiseman's death made Matheny think it appeared suspicious, but the medical examiner ruled it as a medical death. However, unofficially, police thought that he had had sex prior to or was having sex when he died, and whoever he was with didn't want to be seen or caught by police, so they left before authorities arrived. When they were processing the scene, looking for signs or proof that anyone had come and gone, they theorized that he and Childers may have had some type of relationship. But remember, Childers, I ain't gay. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, he made sure to call that out. So mm-hmm. he's probably not. Yeah, definitely. You know, that's if you if you have if you have to be very... that adamant about it, that's super straight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Matheny said that this was a shock to the community as several community members knew and worked with James, and he is quoted in saying, "I've never dealt with something like this before." Um. He said that Childers took a lot of information with him that would have been very helpful. Yeah, I mean, his <coughs> DNA. His DNA. He took his DNA with him. We yeah. could have gotten it. That way we could try to tie him to some of these crimes. But Correct. now we're screwed. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter because they couldn't have tested it against Kenneth because um, his rape kit, kit was lost. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's me on my soapbox being as... Not wanting to attack the local police as possible. I mean, I'm not going to attack them, but I'm I'm going to say like if I just, they if I they didn't like... learn from this, it's a big problem. I mean, this is this is you had a I mean you had a serial killer right here, right under your nose. You we let him by forever, which I get. He's charismatic. He didn't, and I I agree with you know if there's if there's no suspicion, you can't just assume someone would do something. I, I get all of that stuff, um, but. I can be pretty understanding with most of it, but here's the thing, and this goes back to what I said about the VA, Mm -hmm. if you remember that episode. Yes. So many people dropped the ball. Mm -hmm. It was so irresponsible of so many, and while it would have been like, whatever, had it been one person dropping the ball, but we had an entire department, not even just our local our state police, mm-hmm. all dropping the ball on this, and we may never get any answers. Yeah, I don't think we're going to. And I uh, I hope that we do, and I hope that someone with the Doe Network or really anywhere can help with this, because there are people there that he may or may not have killed, and we'll never know for sure. Right. Yeah, the um, whoever whoever is responsible for opening that farm up to allow it to be checked, if that's the case, needs to needs to do it because there could be families out there looking for closure that could get some closure from it. So, um, yeah, I just I'm I'm not gonna call anyone bad names or do anything like that, but at the same time, I feel like I want to because that's sad. That's just really sad. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at irresponsible. It is. It's because here's the thing, all I'm saying is if I got somebody's order wrong, I get yelled at for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and the ball got dropped on a serial killer. Oh, yeah. In a big way. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for main Corpse today. <laughs> um so where can you find our amazing podcast? All right. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, iHeartRadio, Amazon, and most places where you can find amazing podcasts, you can also find us, unfortunately, for you. And didn't you want to talk just a little bit about a charity today? I do. Um, So I am originally from uh, right on the border of West Virginia and Kentucky. I got a lot of family um, over in Kentucky. And if you guys have seen anything on the news, you know that they, uh, specifically Eastern Kentucky, is going through... um, 
they're they're going through uh, hell right now with these with these floods. And there is a local chef who we absolutely love. I'm not going to name drop him because I don't know that he he wants me to. But um, I absolutely love the man. I love his work. I love his food. And he is working with an organization called Mercy Chefs um, on going to Eastern Kentucky and preparing meals and making sure that people um, get to eat who are going through these uh, these you know tough times right now. Um, you can make a 100% tax-deductible donation right through their website, which is mercychefs.com. I'm going to ask Brittany to uh, put the link on there. We are not affiliated with them in any way. Um, I just was reading about them, um, and I, I looked up kind of their credentials and, and everything, and they, they look to be um, just a wonderful, wonderful organization. I'm going to throw a little money towards them um, in the name of uh, Main Corpse. Um, and do the right thing for that. Uh, and your gift of $35 can feed 10 people, and a gift of 70 can feed five families, uh, four delicious chef-prepared meals, and make them feel a little more human in a really tough time. So if you can make a donation, please go make a donation. Um, you don't have to make it in our name. Please don't make it in your name, whatever you want to do. And if there are any other... Um, you know, groups that are down there helping right now. Um, I can also think of uh, one called Hickman Holler Foundation. They're doing some really good work. Um, look any of them up. Just just give some money to some of those local charities because they're going through some tough times right now. Um, as a matter of fact, I just got back from what is normally a big family gathering. Several members of my family were missing because they are currently in Kentucky working to help their friends dig out from uh, from these floods. So um, let's get some help down there and, uh, you know, spread a little bit of love. All right. All I right. That's all for us. We talked about a lot of shitty stuff today. We did. And we finished it <laughs> off with talking about something on, really great. On a high note. The yeah. next episode you're going to hear is not going to be this heavy. Um, because well, thank God for that. I am going into a modern legend that I want to talk about. Let's do it. All right. This has been Main Corpse. Stay creepy. Bye, guys.